Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our final episode of Season 2 of the Spooky Corner. I'm Nathi, your horror movie lover, and for this movie, I am the slow pace walking spirit that's haunting everyone's ass. Literally. Wow. Yes. That's so scary. I'm, I'm my worst nightmare. Yeah, it starts off from far away and you're like, this is fine, but then it just keeps coming. And the more closer it comes, the more you're like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> Why is it always naked? Why? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Z and I am the ice cream shop on the corner of 12 Mile and Tyler Road also known as Clark's Ice Cream, a vintage ice cream shop with over 50 flavors somewhere in uh, Detroit or its suburbs. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell we definitely spend a lot of time stalking this movie and gushing about it. Just a little, because fun fact, both Natsy and I have lived extensively in Michigan. So this whole movie was like a oh do we know this place do we know this place do we know this place like trying to spot out all the locations and stuff yeah the second that they said eight mile in the film like three quarters in I freaked out and I was like wait was this filmed in Detroit I was reading the script the whole time so there are there's a number of scenes that are supposed to take place in the Detroit zoo all the university scenes are taking place at Wayne State University which I mean they kind of got it like the parking lot I think is fairly accurate but like they maybe got one building they didn't get all of Wayne State though they got one building um Mm -hmm. that's why it looks so familiar okay yeah 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 Yeah, Um, there was there was a point where like early on in the film um they go like the main character Jay by the way y'all quick spoiler we're talking about it follows but the main character Jay goes on a date in movie theater Mm -hmm. and the movie theater had an organ I was like huh that's just like the Michigan theater in Ann Arbor interesting that is so cool (laughs) I wonder if it is the Michigan theater in Ann Arbor huh (laughs) no it was it was really fun it was in the Michigan theater but but mm-hmm. some part of the movie early on did tickle my brain and let me know that this was taking place in our beloved Detroit. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about all of like the locations in this movie and about how it made us feel. One thing I have to say right away is that I think Michigan's very flat. Like those of us from Michigan yes. know, Michigan's like dead flat. And the way that the film uses the wide shots and the way how flat <laughs> everything is, like it really works to make you like feel this sense of like, oh my God, that's a lot of space that's just mm-hmm. dead and flat. And this thing's just walking over this dead, like actually, you know, the place to be the It Follows Demon is Michigan because it's so flat. No hills hell yeah. to climb up, you know? It would it would instantly, like, it would struggle in Texas. It would definitely struggle yeah. where I'm at right now, for sure. Maybe that's how the, the entity was able to catch up with everyone so quickly because it's just so fucking flat. Yeah, <laughs> it like, it, it doesn't, like, you know, because you could imagine even if you're, like, an entity you might walk and trip and fall if you're climbing up a hill but if it's flat you're just less likely to do that like you could still trip over something but like you know if there's a hill and then you go down you're just much more likely to fall (laughs) this uh yeah this entity must have some 
fucking killer calves. That's all I'm saying. Killer calves, killer geography skills for picking Michigan as the haunting location. Can we talk about how, like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is gonna, this is, we can get into this later as well. But if you're in Michigan and you're being chased by some spooky ass spirit, you bet my ass is gonna go to Mackinac Island. Like, I'm gonna go out and hide in the lakes. That's, I'm not gonna wait around. That's true. They like, yeah. They drove for hours and hours. They should have just drove to like. Although you know, yeah. the entity would probably be smart enough to take the ferry, considering it follows people. That's fair, I guess. You'd Can buy you yourself a little bit more time. <laughs> Can you imagine the entity, like, since it can't be seen, just like boarding the ferry and then just waiting at the ferry and just having like a chill moment and being like, "All right, back to spooking." I'm on the island again. (laughs) I don't I imagine it would just freeze up and stand there. Like I don't think it would ever truly uh chill out. Like, you know, I imagine it just stand there creepily and then get off the ferry and start walking at that slow, creepy pace again. In that case, okay, in that case, I'm definitely gonna lure the entity into the grand uh hotel, which is beautiful attraction at Magna Island. Highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't gone. It's also haunted as fuck. What if, oh, no, okay, idea. We should lure the entity into the Grand Canyon. Like, stand (laughs) at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, get it in there, climb up the Grand Canyon as fast as you can, and then it's just trapped in the Grand Canyon. I would love, like, okay, since we're going, like, even more absurd with this, I would love to see a shot of, like, the character flying to Europe and then the entity walking on, like, the ocean floor. That'd be so much fun. That'd be would really it, fucking stupid. Would it walk on the ocean floor or, once again, would it just stand on the in the back of some airplane pretending to be invisible? Uh, I really, like, in my heart and soul, I really just wanted to walk amongst, like, fish and shit, you know? That's, be like a Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be such a fun, like, stupid little blooper. Like, it's still walking. It it's follows still walking. Pirates of the Caribbean crossover. The thing you never <laughs> thought you needed. <laughs> but it's the thing we all deserve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to have so much fun with this movie. I can't wait. Yeah, this terrifying thing. <laughs> So before we get even more into it and go into our character breakdown, for those of y'all that don't know, it follows as a 2014 American supernatural psychological horror film written and directed by Detroit native David Robert Mitchell. Yes, I said that with the accent. Uh, Detroit. It's Detroit, Detroit, baby. The Detroit Tigers. <laughs> the D- it's the D, baby. It's Detroit. The Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> it starts Micah Monroe, Keir Gilchurst. Oh my God, this is Yo so Chris. bad. Gilchrist, Daniel Zavato, Olivia Lucardi, and Lily Seppi, Seppe, who appear in supporting roles. I am so sorry, y'all. I definitely butchered that. Uh, it follows debuted at the 2014 Cannes Film Festival, and after a successful limited release in March, the film had a wide release later on that year in 2015. It has then received critical acclaim uh, with praise directed at the film's originality, which I will say this is an incredibly, incredibly original script, mm. and the uh, leading actress Monroe's performance. And since I love uh, talking about money, 
It grossed 2.3 million worldwide against a 1.3 million budget, which is really fucking good for an indie film. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's get into the plot. So a young woman flees from her house in fear, but there is no visible threat. She takes her parents' car and drives to the beach, where she tearfully tells her dad over the phone that she loves him. By dawn, she is brutally murdered. Afterwards, Jamie, aka Jay, goes on a date with her new boyfriend, Hugh, to the movies. Hugh points out a young woman wearing a yellow dress in the back of the theater, and when Jay says that she cannot see the girl, Hugh becomes unnerved and asks that they leave. On another date, Hugh and Jay end up having sex in the car, but afterwards he incapacitates Jay and she wakes up tied to a wheelchair. Hugh explains that he has passed on an entity uh, onto her through intercourse, and it will be perpetually walking towards Jay's location at all times, no matter where she is. And if it catches Jay, it will kill her and then pursue the previous person who passed it on, so it would go back to Hugh. Hugh's claims are proven to be real when a naked woman appears and begins to walk straight for Jay. The next day, the police cannot find the naked woman or Hugh who was living under a false identity. At school, Jay sees an old woman in a hospital gown walking towards her, invisible to others. Jay's sister Kelly and her friends, Paul Baldwin and Yara Davis, agree to help and spend the night in Jay and Kelly's house. That night, someone smashes the window. Paul investigates but sees no one. Inside the house, Jay sees a different figure walking towards her and runs up the stairs to the others who cannot see the entity. When a tall man enters the bedroom, Jay flees the house. So later on, with the help of their neighbor, Greg, the group discovers Hugh's real name. It's Jeff. It's not Hugh. And they end up tracing him to his actual home address. Jeff's mother then answers the door and Jay quickly realizes that the naked woman that she saw that first night pursuing her in the plant was in the form of Mrs. Raymond. So Jeff's mom. Mm -hmm. Jeff explains that the entity began pursuing him after a one night stand at a bar and that Jay can pass it on by having sex with someone else. Greg ends up driving the whole Scooby-Doo gang, so Jay, Kelly, Yara, and Paul, to his family's lake house, which, by the way, we're going to guess which lake that is. <laughs> the entity then arrives in the form of Yara, which scared the shit out of me, and attacks Jay on the lakefront. Jay's friends are able to ward it off by breaking a chair over its body, and Jay ends up shooting it several times until it falls over but it recovers unharmed and begins attacking Jay again, this time taking the form of the boy who lives next door to her. She flees in Greg's car, crashes into a cornfield like a dumbass, and wakes up in the hospital with a broken arm. Greg then later has sex with Jay in the hospital since he doesn't believe that the entity actually exists. Days later, Jay sees the entity in the form of Greg walking towards Greg's house, smashing a window at Greg's house and entering. Jay tries to warn the real Greg by telephone, but he does not answer. She runs into the house and finds the entity in the form of Greg's half-naked mother knocking on his door before it jumps on Greg. Jay sees the entity having sex with a dead Greg, then flees by car and spends the night outdoors. On a beach, Jay sees three young men on a boat. 
She then undresses and walks into the water. Back home, Paul, willing to take the risk, offers Jay the opportunity to pass it on to him, but she refuses. Finally, the group plans to kill the entity by luring it into a swimming pool and dropping some vintage-ass looking electrical appliances into the water. Jay, who's waiting in the middle of the pool, spots the entity and realizes that it has taken the appearance of her deceased father. Instead of entering the pool, it begins to throw devices at her, which is really funny. <laughs> so firing at an invisible target, Paul then shoots the entity in the head, causing it to fall into the water. And then Jay tries to get out of the pool, only to have the entity pull her back underwater by the ankle. Oh. Paul keeps on shooting, not knowing what he's shooting at, and it sinks to the bottom, allowing Jay to escape. She then approaches the pool and sees no body but a giant blooming mist of blood. Jay and Paul then finally have sex, and that night, Paul drives through town, passing by a couple of prostitutes. Later on, Jay and Paul walk down the street, holding hands as a figure walks behind them. The end. The end. Ooh. Ooh. That was a lot. And yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go on a quick break. <laughs> bye bye. All right, so Z, you actually watched this movie. Yay! Yeah, I watched so most sorry. of it. I watched most of it. I watched as much as I could without freaking out. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I don't blame you. This movie's very um strong. I know that's not the right way to say it in English, but it's a strong movie. It's intense. That's how you say it in English. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were talking about this before, but I liked it because it had no jump scares. It's just this like dread that fills you as this thing walks towards you. And like, they do a really good job of using that. Yeah. I know um, people tend to joke about oh, the villain walking slowly towards you while the victim is running. Like that's such a horror movie trope. But this movie does it so freaking well. Like, I remember the first time I watched this movie was shortly after it had come out in 2015 Mm. uh, and wide release. And I remember being absolutely fucking terrified for days that I was being followed. You were, like, their age when you watched it, effectively. And, like, yeah, that is terrifying. Yeah. 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 That was still, like, the like the mid high school college-ish time yeah. period you know like thing. the age that these characters are and yeah it's terrifying it's like I mean I don't know it's just like this I was like you know half asleep this morning waking up and I thought about this and I was like oh this is so scary I need to wake up now like I can't keep thinking about this and this half asleep state no mm-hmm. No. no, like it's already scary enough walking outside and existing as a young woman and then to throw on a fucking entity that's relentlessly stalking you no matter what on top of it. That's fucking scary. Yeah, like it's just this like, like how endless this would be. Like I'm sure if you're clever, you can manage it. Like say you decide on a schedule where you spend six months in London and six months in San Francisco and like like you know like yeah. you keep flying from but like you're still committing to fly from London to San Francisco for the rest of your life to deal with something like that and I know people online were joking about like oh that'd be easy just keep moving but like no like 
you are just committing to to constantly watching your back, never having a moment of like peace or anything. And that's what's scary about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. you couldn't even go to like a movie theater and watch a movie because it could literally be there walking towards you already. Yeah, yeah. Although the implication, I guess, is that the young woman who dies at the beginning of the movie, I think her name's Annie. Yes. Wouldn't she be Hughes like X or something then? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I actually didn't realize that until I rewatched the movie that the first death scene is the same character that we later see in the the photograph of Jeff when they're able to track him down. Yeah. 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 So it's it is incredibly fucked up. Even seeing um, Greg, mm-hmm. Greg, even seeing Greg die was just horrific because he didn't believe in the entity. Yeah, just ended up fucking killing. I him. mean, the description of um, her name's Annie, the first woman who died. Her death. Mm-hmm. It says like her legs are like uh, what is it? Because I think it's it's kind of related to the to the Greg death. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where is it, Annie? Annie is lying on the shore. Her body is pale and stale. She's dead. Her jaw hangs open, head slumped to the side, blue lips and face covered in bug bites. Her leg is twisted back, violently rotated in its socket, a piece of bone visible near the knee's twisted skin. Her red pump dangles from her foot over her chest. Legs open something awful and provocative. They didn't quite show this because they basically showed one leg twisted out and like one Mm -hmm. leg with the foot cut off. But like, her legs are open and it's something provocative and then you see how like greg dies so there was another through line about how these deaths are like kind of reminiscent of rapes basically yeah 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 and we can get more into that as well but um overall what did you think of the film oh it was terrifying it was also fun (laughs) we were playing a lot of like detroit location spotting and (laughs) Like, you know, just seeing, like, the different influences of, because uh, we both, like, basically grew up in the suburbs of that area. So we just see mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we were like, oh, and also one of the suburb houses really looks like our mutual friend's house, which was like, that which whole neighborhood looks really familiar, to be honest. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if they, like, shot it somewhere near there you know well I saw that one of the places that they filmed at was a psychiatric hospital I believe in Northville which is really 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 close so I wouldn't be shocked if they just drove around looking at suburbs and then they found one that like either resembled the one we're thinking of or like a similar one and they were like this is perfect for that like suburban home upper crusty type of Mm -hmm. place yeah 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 oh yes 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 yeah yeah even like when they go to the lake and Mm. it's just uh, it just reminds me so much of lake michigan it just Mm. uh, it made me so happy i miss michigan yeah the (laughs) the only thing that i think is like completely (laughs) fake is loss in high school there is no loss in high school i googled this they changed the name yeah there's a loss in michigan up in the upper peninsula but i don't think it was meant to take place no no (laughs) not in the up uh-uh. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, this film is really fucking terrifying. Um, yeah. And I even, before watching this, I, I needed to mentally prepare to, to rewatch it because I knew that it was just going to make me feel insanely uncomfortable. Mm. 
Yeah. What about it discomforted you the most? So it's actually interesting because when I first watched this film, it was very difficult for me to put into words as to what specifically about this movie irked me. But now rewatching it several Mm. years later as an adult, I can finally put my finger on it better, so to say. Um, I think the part that really bothers me the most is the fact that, you know, in my mind, this movie centers around consent and what that looks like Mm -hmm. in relationships, especially sexual relationships. And, you know, Hugh passing this entity, this sexually transmitted spirit onto (laughs) Jay wasn't consensual at all he didn't tell her about it before and Mm. he literally drugged her and then tied her to a wheelchair and told her what was going to happen and that she was essentially going to die and if not then someone else that she slept with was going to die so I think that whole issue around um, consent and not having that open communication and then um, even on top of that the entity sexually assaulting the victims Mm. just really made it uncomfortable and difficult for me to watch even now yeah that that makes perfect sense because I think that's definitely a part of it that's like yeah yeah I like I I think it tells a really good story in terms of STIs and how Mm -hmm. important it is to be open about STIs especially when you're with a partner Mm -hmm. um this might be me reading like way too much into it but it was also kind of reminiscent of like the AIDS and the HIV pandemic that happened in the 80s because you got two of those there because um I was just looking at the wikipedia which summarizes all the reviews but there are interpretations of it as hiv aids other stis um social perceptions of stis the sexual Mm -hmm. revolution primal anxieties about intimacy post great recession economic anxiety yeah (laughs) that last one's a little (laughs) that one's a little interesting well, they did film it in like 2011 in Detroit when Detroit was very badly affected after Detroit. the recession. Yeah. I know I'm going to keep saying it like We're that. We're both going to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're from there, y'all, in case you can't tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just going back to that whole perception of this spirit following you around and constantly plaguing you reminded me of how people would treat these other STIs and how it would also follow you around and create this negative perception about you. Yeah, no, I think you you got a lot more like on the nose with that. Because for me, the one mm-hmm. thing that was interesting is like, um, this is from the director, but basically he said like, this is like a unique case. Like, you know, it's not going to like affect your, it can only affect one person at a time. Whereas an STI can affect like everybody all at once. Like this is only going to kill one person at a time. But like the thing that stuck out to me is like, the way you get this disease is this disease, this uh, spirit is by having sex. And the way you get rid of the spirit is also by having sex. So like, like what I got from it is that by like having sex or being intimate with someone, you're opening yourself up to this like big vulnerability. And sometimes like, you know, it's like giving like a part of yourself to something. And then like, even though it's like really scary, like we as humans are biologically wired to like keep doing that effectively unless mm-hmm. you know like unless you're someone who doesn't identify with that so 
so like to me it was more just like that is like like you know being intimate someone is existentially scary Mm -hmm, but we all want to do it to connect with people yeah 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 for sure I mean sex itself can be dangerous you know either you get an STI or you can get god forbid pregnant you know like yeah or even like lot. emotionally dangerous like even if mm-hmm. nothing happens to you it can still like you know even if everything's consensual and even if like things you don't get pregnant you don't get a disease there are a lot of ways where it can be emotionally like damaging if you aren't in the right headspace and stuff so there are a lot of different mm-hmm. ways that one can get hurt that's why i think it was really clever that mm-hmm. the the writer of the film decided to center the story around young adults who are mm. just beginning their sexual journey and no, just absolutely. now starting absolutely yeah to understand what consent looks like what safe relationships look like mm. and then what not so great and abusive relationships look like yeah yeah because mm-hmm. i yeah. i see the relationship between jeff and the main character jay as being very abusive because he only had one goal in his mind and it was mm-hmm. to pass on the spirit onto her so that I could it can either kill her or it can kill someone else. That's that's true, but I also feel like I guess compassion for Jeff mm-hmm. because I think that you know he like he got it from someone else too. He got it from a one night stand. I'm not even sure if the one night stand stuck around to tell him, Jeff, you have this problem now. Like he might have found out through trial and error, shit, this is like a problem and like you know and he did try to prepare jay for it now did he do a good job of preparing jay no he absolutely Mm. did not like if he really cared about someone he would have taken the approach that i think paul and jay take at the end which is like you know we're just gonna hold hands and we're gonna let this thing follow us but as long as we're together then it can't come like come and get us like i think that's obviously the better technique but it seems like Paul did what he was capable of to help Jay, which isn't a lot. And I'm not saying that excuses him, but mm-hmm. it's not um, an act of evil as much as it is like an act of like, he just really doesn't know what he's doing. Negligence. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to keep hating on Jeff. I think mm-hmm. it was in his best interest to tell Jay what was going on yeah. so that he could survive for longer and no, buy himself ab- more time. Absolutely. That's another way to look at it too. Like yeah. I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, Jeff is like great. It's just <laughs> no. no. No, but for sure. You definitely feel for him, especially after you realize that the first person that we see who died from the entity was an ex-girlfriend or current girlfriend we don't even know yeah but someone that he probably at least had very strong feelings for you know Mm -hmm. and I mean but now now that you bring this up isn't this like reminiscent of like that young adult phase of dating where people don't know what they want and you're kind of just like bumping into people who like also don't know what they want and everyone's like confused and they're just like yeah it's it's oddly reminiscent of that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's why i think this is so smart for sure Mm -hmm. oh and also you bring up a great point and i wanted to ask you about this ma'am so at the very ending we see jay and paul holding hands and we see a person walking behind them Mm -hmm. did they kill the entity in the pool or is it still following him i think let me read the end for you i think they're still yes okay so good suburban street day dead but colorful leaves cover the ground we move forward along the sidewalk 
Up ahead, a man rakes his front yard. A few children build a four out of fallen leaves. Lines of red and orange cross the grass. Jay and Paul hold hands as they walk together through the neighborhood. The cast is gone. I think it means she still has the cast on she her She still arm. does, for sure. Yeah, so change there. Far behind them, a teenager in a coat marches slowly along the edge of the road. Jay smiles to Paul and he smiles back. They stare out at the autumnal suburbia, pretty and clean. Hmm. Love Michigan Falls. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So you don't think they killed the entity? No, I don't. Okay. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you're going to fucking shoot an entity like that to death. Yeah. I think, yeah. like I said, I think this goes back to the idea that like Jay and Paul chose to face this entity together. So I yeah. think they're less afraid of it and this goes back to that whole thing about like being afraid of intimacy like they're less afraid of it because they've decided to face what is existentially terrifying about that together Mm -hmm. so they've decided to be together and hold hold things down and stuff like that just fuck it baby um okay i did have a follow-up question to that so Mm -hmm. there is a scene near the end when we see jay driving past uh a pair of sex workers yes do you think that jay hooked up or did anything with those sex workers to try to buy himself more time um i don't think so let me find that part because i know what you're talking about because i don't think he did either but you actually read the script yeah i did no because i was i was curious it's just this Paul drives through the rundown neighborhood within the inner city. He stares at a row of prostitutes, tight skirts revealing tops. What I think happened is that there was supposed to be some kind of inner city set that we don't actually see. We we see like the most of the inner city we really get is Wayne State, like the university. <laughs> Which and that's is not inner city. Yeah, you know, because like they just because it looked like they just had the two like sex workers stand near the university building in their <laughs> sex worker outfits, and I was like this takes me out of it because this would not happen i feel like i feel like this is only ruined for us you know and everyone else is like oh my god yeah that's that's the inner city of detroit that's what would happen at (laughs) wayne state university no i know people who work there it doesn't look like that no that is that is a very beautiful part of the city Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah so i think there were a number of sets in this movie though that um didn't happen like for example Mm -hmm. the scene in the ice cream shop um is supposed to take place at the detroit zoo so the detroit zoo got cut entirely and like you know jay's supposed to be staring at a polar bear at one point while she explains this (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm really happy they changed that because i would not have taken that seriously at all i think they were supposed (laughs) to be in the polar bear tunnel you know (laughs) i literally would have laughed and be like oh that's nice jay but have you seen this fucking bear yeah yeah yeah, no it's polar bear aquarium day sitting in the underwater tunnel jay leans against the glass rubs her temples and holds her face as she tries to relax paul and kelly watch alongside her kelly jay what's going on jay there was an old woman at school today she was staring at me it seemed like she was following me jay stares down the tunnel at a group of strangers my god (laughs) that is so stupid I'm sorry. I'm really happy they changed that scene. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I mean, it would have been iconic, but like also it would have been too much. I think it would have been a little too like on the dark comedy side. And this film has like absolutely no dark comedy in it. Um, 
Ooh. They made it work. I mean, it could have just been like, you know, yeah. the Detroit Zoo was like, no, we don't want to be in your horror movie. Honestly, they fucked up. They should have been in this movie. This yeah. is a great fucking movie. I just, I just, I feel like, you know, there was an opportunity there. I don't know if it was good whether or not to take it, but like, <laughs> there was. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you you reminded me of a scene mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So so the first time that Jay actually sees the entity following her is when she's at school and it's yeah. it appears to be this older lady in a hospital gown. Yeah. And it's out of place enough that's yeah. really like concerning even for the audience like mm-hmm. I remember the first time I watched this movie I was like oh no 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 ma'am something mm-hmm. not good is going on here yeah and I love how this film is able to to play with that sort of discreet downplayed horror aspect you know yeah absolutely it's- like even when I'm um, I'm reading that part of the script now when Jay first sees it Jay's walking along the main path with her backpack at Wayne State University staring at the edges for something unknown her POV tracking forward, a half-barren campus, Jay steps ahead, nervous and cautious. The old buildings cast shadows overhead. A homeless man lays quietly on the ground, peeking at the pretty girl. She sees a woman walking towards her on the path, slow, possibly handicapped, or a survivor of a stroke. Jay watches her out the corner of her eye. The female student passes. So, like, yeah, it is that, like, huh, is it, is it not, huh? Yeah, and then you see the the old lady walk past two girls that are sitting on the lawn, and the two girls don't even react, and that is absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Actually, so what I talked about is the scene before she's walking outside the classroom, then she's in the classroom, and in the classroom, here's when she sees the old woman. Jay sees an old woman walking slowly, emerging behind a row of trees. She focuses on the woman as she hobbles along. The old lady steps across the blankets of studying students passing between couples without notice. She stares with her mouth open, looking directly at Jay. Jay takes a breath and watches with frightened eyes. The woman gets closer. Jay sprints out of the classroom. But yeah, it is that like, you know, this woman's just walking. She's walking over people. People are picnicking. They don't care. Jay's like, shit, this is for me. I kind of wonder if that old woman might have been like a grandmother figure to Jay because Mm -hmm. the other appearances that we see of the entity, you know, we see Jay's dad uh, at the very end. We see her best friend Yara as well when they're Mm -hmm. out on the beach. So I kind of wonder if that's also related and if that maybe got cut out. Um, I don't see anything about that. I mean, it's possible, but I did not see anything about that reading the script. I gotcha. Yeah. I do I do think that this film merits multiple watches because I didn't even realize until watching it again that when the entity approaches Jay and the Scooby-Doo gang out on the beach, it's taken the form of Yara. Mm-hmm. So you like look back and there's Yara walking towards Jay and then you turn back and there's Yara in the water and it's absolutely It's written like fun. really weirdly too. Like I obviously I knew it took the form of Yara because I read it, but it's also written like Yara is walking towards Jay turn to Yara behind Jay like let me see if I can find that because it's it's written that weird too um that's so fun okay yeah let me see Jay's hospital room we've already passed we've passed oh okay so they're all like 
They're they're at the lake house right now, and the lake house is somewhere very far away. Greg has driven them all up there to get away from the entity. Yara, you should get in the water. From her inner tube, Yara looks back to her friends. Kelly glances over to her sister. Jay yawns and stretches. Kelly, you want to? Jay, no, go ahead. We see Greg very far away, step into the trees, drop his shorts, and start to pee. Kelly, come on. Jay, eh. Kelly, get up. It'll be nice. Kelly starts to get up. We see the group lounging together in the field. Jay, maybe just a little bit. Kelly, don't be so lazy. And then, and then um, Jay immediately realizes something is behind her. She jumps from her chair, screams, and steps backwards. The chair topples. An invisible force pulls her down and prevents her from moving more than a few feet. She pulls backward. A tug of war. Her hair, a tug of war. Her hair is the rope. Jay, help me. Kelly takes a step closer, tentative with confusion. Kelly, Jay, what is it? Paul jumps and grabs a fallen chair. He swings it down into the air. We watch the chair smash an invisible object cracking, hurting Paul's hand. Jay's hair is released, dropping back to her shoulder. She tumbles away, tripping over a cooler, falling to the ground. Kelly rushes to help her. Paul steps closer. Suddenly, he's pushed violently across the grass, landing on his shoulder. Jay crawls and stumbles away from the advancing thing. The fake Yara follows her. It's just here. The fake Yara follows her. Like before, it's not mentioned at all bloodied but unfazed. In the distance, Greg quickly pulls up his shorts and starts to walk, a cautious but hyper-aware gait. The real Yara rushes through the shallow water and helps Jay up. Okay, so it's not as sudden as I thought it was, but it's very much like, yup, that's the fake Yara. She's here now. Yup, that's the real Yara. She's also in here. Jesus. No, that's terrifying. Was there anything else in the script that stood out to you, by the way? Are there any juicy deleted scenes? There were a lot of cuts. None of them are that juicy. They seem more to have to do with pacing. Um, So there was like a lot, like at the beginning, there was like a lot of slow dialogue between Jay and Paul and Yara and Kelly that got cut. Um, The classroom in the movie, it looks like an English class. They're reading a poem. Mm -hmm. The classroom in the... uh, The classroom in the script is not an English class. The classroom in the script is... uh, I don't know what it is. It's not English, though. I think it was, like, math or something. Oh, I'm happy they changed it. Yeah, it, it's a lot more on theme to have it as an English class, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's fall semester sociology. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the having English class makes sense, because mm-hmm. you can always line up what's happening in the movie to what's happening in whatever they're reading. Yeah, and, and that puts Yara already reading, like, a book because Yara's reading a book at the beginning of this mm-hmm. and her reading a book at the end and the English class that does tie it all together quite well. Yeah, everything is very well-rounded mm-hmm. in this film. Even mm-hmm. the book that Yara's reading that's called The Idiot mm-hmm. follows perfectly in terms of what the movie is trying to, to accomplish. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's all very thoughtful. Yeah, did you, you know? did you look into what The Idiot was? Because I did not. Yeah, so it's this really, really thick and lengthy book, um, and essentially what it centers around is the virtues of kindness. Mm-hmm. So so the main point of the story is looking at this guy who's considered to be an idiot because he's so empathetic and kind and understanding towards other people, whereas the author argues that while others might view him as an idiot, he's actually the most impactful and beneficial in the story. Um, oh. and that, yeah, okay. so yeah, that kind yeah. of ties back to this movie because Jay has her group of friends that are also very empathetic and supportive of each other, 
when they're facing this incredibly terrifying unknown. Yeah, that's true. No, and that that's absolutely a thing I've heard said too, like how Jay and her friends, because they at least believe each other and they support each other, are like better off than most uh, horror movie mm-hmm. protagonists. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely better off than fucking Jeff. Yeah. Absolutely. Jeff was the real idiot. <laughs> yeah, Jeff sucks. <laughs> yeah. I hate Jeff. <laughs> Jeff was misguided, but he left a lot of pain in his wake, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He was being a little selfish. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a self-preservation. Yeah. Probably mourning the death of his like last girlfriend, but like still yeah. not a good excuse for whatever bullshit he did. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I did have one last question for you that Mm -hmm. I was hopeful that the script would be able to answer. Mm -hmm. So there's another scene that we have where Jay being super frustrated of being chased by the entity and shortly after Greg dies, she Mm -hmm. ends up by the lake again. We don't know Mm -hmm. where. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of party boys out in the boat and we just see her strip down and swim towards them. Yeah, yeah. So did she hook up with any of those guys? What was the point of that? Uh, She says, so anyway, uh, um, let me see. I I remember reading that and she says something along the lines of like, I don't want to do this. And she doesn't do it, basically oh in the script because she doesn't say anything in the movie or it might just be that she's like she can't do this and then she leaves basically oh okay there is something about that i'm not sure if she directly says it or if it's more of like a thing that's meant to be acted but like the the effective uh thing of the scene is that she thinks about it and then she's like no i'm not doing this Mm -hmm. let me see three boys three yeah I also don't think that she slept with anyone on the boat Mm -hmm. and it just goes back to that previous connection to the book The Idiot because both Jay and Paul and other members of the group are very moralistic. Yeah. You know, she only really sleeps with Greg because he consents to it. Mm -hmm. So this once again goes back to our idea of consent. Um, and then she only sleeps with Paul later on after he consents with it and after they think that they killed it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, Jay doesn't go through with that, but right. I do think that overall, you know, like, I mean, like, can we say, I don't think we could argue that, yeah, because Paul himself wasn't believing it. Paul had plenty of evidence that this was true and he didn't believe it. And then that's kind of how he died. Whereas Jay was kind of just thrown into the whole thing. But like, yeah, yeah but um, what was my point? That, yeah, even if you are prepared for it, you could still die by it. But at least you consented to it and you were prepared for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's definitely a lot better. Yeah. All right final question about the movie are you ready yeah did you have any favorite scenes from the film other than clark's ice cream uh that <laughs> shot of like 12 mile and tyler street that was so reminiscent yeah! of michigan that was the that was a great shot no yes, but actually uh, 
I think the first scene at the beginning, the way you just wake up and the way that Annie is just like posed and like completely dead, it's like, it's like terrifying, but it was also like really good camera work, you know, like really good camera work, the colors, everything. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. That really sets the mood and the pacing for the rest of the movie. And it's just downright fucking terrifying from then on out. It's like that horror that's just like, here, it's horrible. But also, it's right in front of you. So, um, look, look, look. Yeah. (laughs) Look at it. Look Look at it. Look at it. It's horrible. Look at it. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a really good scene. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say my favorite scene, because fuck the beach scene. I absolutely hate the beach house scene so much. Mm -hmm. And I almost didn't rewatch it. Um, mm-hmm. but my favorite scene was the pool scene at the end because mm. I thought it was a little campy how they I'm like I can picture them going into an antique store and buying or like you know a goodwill and buying like all these old electronics mm-hmm. just for the entity to show up and be like I know what you're trying to do idiots and start chucking them at Jay while she's in the pool I thought that was really fucking funny yeah I mean I think <laughs> I mean so the interesting about the technology in this movie is that it's all like obviously 2014 just yes. eight years ago but like that interesting like compact that Zara mm-hmm. Yara was reading off of and like like it, it was just like I guess in 2014 it was a time when like yeah those were the old devices that you were chucking into the pool because you didn't want them now they'd be in a museum <laughs> no and you actually bring up a really good point that I wasn't sure if we were going to get to or not Mm. but the director purposefully had a mixture of technology shown throughout the film to Mm. give the movie a timeless sort of dreamlike feel so we see Yara with her handheld book reading device but we also see in Jay's home they have a a corded phone right landline yeah. yeah I mean, to be fair, that compact book reading device doesn't age particularly well. <laughs> Girl, okay, it didn't even exist. I'll give them, I'll give them credit for coming. Fine, up with they were it. innovative. They were innovative. They yeah. thought of something interesting, but like, I I don't know. It's still kind of we knew it was made in 2014, and I feel like it could lean older because of all of those antique things that they're throwing into the pool, but it does not lean newer. It does not lean like today, I feel like. I think it's a little tricky because I think the the car that Jay, no, sorry, the car that Greg drives is like a 2010 vehicle. Yeah, but it so doesn't it really depends. It doesn't lean modern day like 2022 yeah. though. Like it can lean 2014, it can lean earlier than 2014. Yeah. But like they have a landline and like some antique TVs. They can't be going for like a 2020s type of feel. No, I don't think that was the point though. I think it was more so like when the film took place and then before yeah and okay. then just like disorienting people based on the technology that which makes is sense smart. it would have been disorienting when it was released like now we all look at it and we're like oh 2014 <laughs> this looks old this <laughs> looks this was a different time period i wasn't even alive when this was all going <laughs> Dude, okay, if that ghost thing, since it also exists in, like, the corporal form, I would yeah. definitely drop, like, an air tag on it and then, like, set up alarms on my phone so that if I can see that it's coming close, I can just fucking leave. I mean, that would work until it figures out that you dropped an air tag. Fuck, you, you're right. You would it have is to, smart. like, you would have to, like, I don't know, if you could, like, 
staple gun, no attach, like very securely hot glue, you know, something. If you could very securely <laughs> get an air tag. <laughs> oh my God. I just shoot a bullet form of an AirPod into its body. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Or bullets like, do work on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, I mean, it seems to be biological. Maybe like a tranquilizer dart and a microchip, you know? <laughs> just to be safe. A microchip and a tranquilizer dart. 20 microchips, you know, one in each. Honestly, yeah. easy. Yeah, you figured yeah. this movie out. Easy yeah. peasy. Yeah. Fuck, a, fuck an island whatever yeah 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 yeah. just 20 million microchips and like every time you see it you have a fresh supply of microchip guns that you just keep going oh my god <laughs> i would definitely try to trap it and like you know like skating parks that are yeah. super smooth and impossible to climb out of yeah i would definitely try to trap it in something like that but like a super deeper version of that so that it can't crawl out that could work too. I mean, they yeah. clean skating parks though. Do you know how they clean skating parks? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Somebody has like a giant mop and then he like mops it up and the entity could just hang on to the mop as they like are shaving down the ice, you know? Yeah. I just think it'd be funny to see it trying to scramble up the edge as well and not be able to. I mean, like, it, could, <laughs> it could work. Like all these ideas could buy you some time while you think of the next way that you trap the entity oh, for the next like 10 days or whatever, you know? Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going full like wily Coyote Scooby-Doo gang of like, how can I fuck with this entity before it kills me? <laughs> oh, God, this movie, this movie is a, is a thinker. No, so, you know what you yeah. do? You pass it on to a ghost hunter, right? yes they want ghosts that's true and they then they'll try to personal yeah. ghosts yeah they'll try to do like a seance and then create more ghosts and then it'll actually be like an sti i mean maybe or maybe since they're just like fascinated by it like they've dedicated their life to it they'll be like oh this is so cool i want to study it you know Mm, they'll figure out a way to trap it yeah yeah like i think you know give it to like a ghost hunter or someone who wants to deal with this stuff there's someone in the world there's every type of person in this world (laughs) just find that one see this is why this is why i love quote-unquote elevated horror it makes you think so much (laughs) so much about what you could do yeah 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 Okay, you, you kind of answered my final, final, final question, but mm-hmm. how would you react if you had the same sexually transmitted curse? I would kill myself. Oh my god. <laughs> but then it would kill the last person who gave it to you. I don't want to be responsible for anybody else's death, so I couldn't pass it on. So like anything related mm-hmm. to passing it on is out for me. So then there's really like, kill yourself or come up with some clever way to trap it, right? And like- yeah probably some clever way to trap it but i don't know how long i have in me before it's just like oh yeah no i feel that i don't know how feasible this would be if we're like talking about our high school selves but i would definitely try to like rent a boat and just like live my life at sea and dock for like a day or two but i mean it can go in the water I mean, it's not good in the water, but it can go in the water, right? Yeah, but if I'm, like, constantly moving, like, let's say I'm, like, jumping from island to island in, like, Europe or the Mediterranean, you know, like, 
it has less of a chance of catching up to me. You could get a boat membership. I know that those exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Just like living my life at sea and constantly sailing. Like a, a boathouse membership would literally let you like pick a boat from like this place, dock it at the next place, and just move all these boats around. And, yeah. Like, you'd never have to maintain your boat either. You'd just be like constantly getting a new boat every time. I think that'd be a good fucking idea. You need a lot of money, but like you could do that. Yeah. 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 Cause I agree with you. I would definitely not want to pass it on to anyone, whether mm. it's consensual or not. Like, don't get me wrong. I definitely admire Jay and Paul for going through that difficulty and overcoming it, but I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. like, okay, if you found someone who you trusted enough, while you were living your boat life who wanted to share this with you <laughs> that's life. another story <laughs> but like I'm just saying the chances of this are like stupidly small you know like yeah stupidly small no I would rather rough it out by myself you know yeah like, like I mean I don't yeah. know you could meet like a nice sailor I don't know but like once again that's like oh, the chances of that are absurd yeah, I just like I wouldn't risk it. I love risk it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Even if it's someone I don't know, that would still be horrible. Yeah, and like I'm thinking about it, but like I personally wouldn't sleep with a ghost hunter, like to get rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just thinking about the logistics of sleeping with a ghost hunter? <laughs> yeah, I think it's too difficult to <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> we put it forward as a solution so now i have to say i personally wouldn't do this but it is a solution. <laughs> but i'm not saying it's a good idea but it is an idea nonetheless. <laughs> someone might do it you don't know <laughs> if this ever happens i feel like we provided a a golden golden well of of ways to go around this entity <laughs> Step one, move out of flat-ass Michigan. Go to a really mountainous area. Oh, go to the Himalayas. That'll do it. No, actually, because you could just, like, arguably push the entity into, like, some kind of cliff, right? And then you know it's probably going to climb off of it. But if you're just up there, you just push it off the cliff again. And, like, I feel like that's easier than, like, you know, constantly coming up with new ways of trapping it. If you just have, like, your entity cliff-pushing device, you could just be, like, a big (laughs) stick. You're a handy dandy entity cliff pushing device. <laughs> Buy one now. <laughs> just, just like a really long stick, right? And like you just push it oh off. My God. Every time it gets out, you just keep pushing it off with the stick. Oh my God. And like so if it's funny. the Himalayas, there's snow on the ground. So you right. can just see its footprints. Yeah. 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 I would I would love to rock climb away from this entity. Yeah, I you could see it and mm-hmm. be like, fuck. Yeah. So yeah, you could do it in the Himalayas. Just go to the Himalayas and keep pushing it off a cliff. Am am I the entity pushing device? Is it, is it me that you're <laughs> I think you're to? better at this than I am. I think you know you already have the tools for it. So yeah. Oh, not for ice climbing. No, thank sure. you. Yeah. you have- <laughs> 
okay, fine, go bouldering somewhere else. The principle is the same, okay? Go, go climb somewhere else, nerd. Yeah, yeah, the principle is the same. You go to a high elevation place and you push the entity off the cliff, the entity climbs back up and then you push it again. And then you're an engineer, you can engineer something like overly well designed for this purpose and you're fine. Oh my God, this really is turning into like the wildy coyote episode of how would you escape from this fucking nightmare? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny thank you for entertaining me and answering that question and seriously committing to answering that question i mean yeah you have to right like, yeah this is a very sure. serious question yeah. oh jesus christ that's so funny all right do you have any any closing thoughts for it follows ah, it was just weird seeing like Michigan as a horror movie just especially like the way that it encompasses Michigan life which is literally you drive you get out of the car you drive you get out of the car <laughs> you drive you get out of the car yep. yeah got it gotta love our automotive state right although gotta to be love fair, it like now that I think about it like Michigan having cars is a benefit you can't drive as easily like here and like I'm in Massachusetts you can't drive as easily like it no. can take you 20 minutes to go like three miles at which mm -hmm. that case you're better off like just walking really honestly and like yeah because in michigan in three minutes you go three miles that's yeah. how it should be yeah the road yeah. system is so fucking superior in detroit because it was built entirely based off the automotive industry and i miss that so much and everywhere else every other state that i've lived in has been absolute garbage compared to that see i don't like driving so i just take the bus everywhere but like if i were to drive i would drive in michigan <laughs> see <laughs> the place i live in in texas has no real public transportation to speak of so i have literally no option so make better life choices oh, oh. if only there was better city planning oh. Oh. <laughs> oh that's that's the tea from me that is my tea <laughs> oh man um yeah no i i will agree with you it was very lovely to see a horror movie that is kind of a, a love note to Detroit I would say mm. it was really shocking to see and hear places that we're both personally very familiar with and also intimate with but not um, the Detroit <laughs> but not the fucking Detroit <laughs> the fucking polar bears god damn it <laughs> it would have been funny if it, if it would have been funny. It off they yeah. would have been good but like also like just imagine you know like instead of that mm. shot of like 12 mile in tyler street just the detroit zoo dome with that like water tower <laughs> i would i i don't think i would be able to take this film seriously and just such a good at setting up the mood that i just would lose my shit <laughs> that's just a little too goofy yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah i guess my my final thought is that um I really love and appreciate this movie, even if it's very difficult for me to mm. watch and rewatch. Mm. And I like how it touches on very complex and difficult to discuss subjects like the intricacies of relationships and consent and sexuality mm. and all of that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think it was a very thoughtful film. It definitely made us think it was hard to watch, but like after watching it, we felt good i think we felt pretty good about it all things considered yeah 
Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely less scared of it now. And I hope, I hope that, you know, you're not as scared of it as well. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I skipped all the scary parts where I turned the sound off. So like, yeah. you know, I, that wasn't the problem. I think also though, I think you're just more grown up watching it. Like that's the difference of watching it like seven years later, you know? Yeah, there, there's so many movies that like I've rewatched. I'm like, why the fuck did I watch this when I was a teenager? That is fucked up. What was this wrong was with This was not me? the choice for me. No yeah, way. Like, yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> who who was younger me? We don't know her. No, no, we don't. Know. No, no, no. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining in. Z, do you want to sign us off? Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for listening to the Spooky Corner. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore spooky underscore corner. If you have any ideas for podcast episodes, you should feel free to email us at spookycornerpodcast.com. That's no spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com. That's spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com. We will be making announcements periodically about how season three is going to work. So stay tuned for that and see you next season. Bye-bye. Bye.